and reverence to the Word of God. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture, but over the past few weeks, God has dealt with me and convicted me about some things in my own life and about how often I get stagnant in my own walk with Him and how I get comfortable in my walk with Him. And I want to preach this to you here if, by the help of God, if I will get out of the way and allow Him to speak. But Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, and it says this, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was a, no, no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people, and God Himself shall be with them and be their God. Can I get an amen right there? Verse number 4 is where my text is going to come from. And, and it says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, nor neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. And we'll conclude our reading here. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I want to preach on this simple subject tonight, if God will allow me, the no mores. The no mores. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you tonight. Lord God, I thank you for your mercy and your grace. God, I'm humbled, Lord God, that you've given me a purpose in life. God, you've given me a calling to preach your word. God, I know that I'm not worthy. God, I know that there's better men in this room who could do a better job of preaching your word. But God, I'm thankful for the opportunity. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for Brother Bradley opening up his pulpit, Lord, to allow us to come. God, I pray that you'll be with us. I pray that you'll help me. God, I pray that I'll say nothing more, nothing less than exactly what you won't say tonight. God, I pray that you'll help me to get this message out the way that you've laid it on my heart over the past couple weeks. And God, I pray if there's somebody here that's lost and undone, God, that tonight will be the night they surrender their heart and life to you before it's eternally too late. And God, we thank you and we love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And all of God's children said, Amen. You can be seated. I'm looking here, thank you, sir, in Revelation and I'm reminded about how so many people today focus on the no mores. I hear a lot of people say, well, there's coming a day where there's not going to be no more death and no more sorrow and no more crying and no more pain. And we can rejoice in that. Amen. I lost my daddy back in September unexpectedly at 61 years old. And I, I lost my hero. That call that my dad was in the hospital and I, when I heard his voice, I told my wife, I said, I've got to jump on an airplane and i got to get to Texas now. I had that, that feeling, Brother Bradley, that this was it, that God was going to take him home. 
And God indeed, indeed did take him home a few more days after that. And there's been a, a lot of death around us and there's some sorrow that comes with that. And I've cried my tears and I've got my pain that I'm still dealing with. But I find that today there's so many Christians who we bank on the no mores. If you'll stay with me tonight, I've got a two-fold direction of this message of how God has dealt with me about this scripture When we think about no more death, I mean, we can rejoice there and we can shout and we can praise. Amen. We think about no more dying and we think no more car crashes. No more cancer, praise God. What a day that will be. No more drug overdoses. We live closer to Asheville than y'all do. Y'all pray for us. But the drugs over there, I know you've got them here, but the drugs over there, I mean, it's you can go get drugs more easier than you can get a gumball anymore. No more dying from drug overdoses. No more murderings. and No more little babies that are going to be hurt in homes. No more abuse there. No more mamas who's going to get that dreaded news from the doctor that the heartbeat's not there no more. No more death is going to be a good thing. Amen. We look down here, we find that there's coming a day, as my wife sang about, that that trumpet's going to sound. And there's not going to be any more death, praise God. But then it says, neither sorrow. That word sorrow there is that hurting, that your heart is hurting, that hurting for one another, that aching inside because you're so broken for something. And I guarantee if we got everybody in this room to stand up, I guarantee you that there's not a soul in here that doesn't have some kind of sorrow deep inside. And if you say, well, I don't have any sorrow, well, I, I struggle with that because the Bible says in Galatians 6, 2 there, it talks about we're to bear one another's burdens. So if Brother Bradley's hurting and got sorrow, then I better be hurting too, Amen. The Bible tells me over in Romans 6, 15, that the verse there, uh, I'll turn to it. It says, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. When we talk about sorrow and we think about the day that's coming, when there's going to be no more sorrow, man, we should rejoice. Because I can't wait for the day that my phone doesn't ring and some young person's broken because of this or some mom and daddy's broken because of their child and what they've done or I can't wait for the day that we don't have to go to the hospital anymore and I can't wait for the day that we don't have to preach funerals or celebrations of life anymore the no mores that are coming boy they're going to be glorious no more death no more sorrow no more crying how many of you just likes to cry can I get amen I don't really like it, although it helps you a lot of the times, amen? Tanner, can I tell on you for a minute? You're my son and I'm a preacher, it's going to happen anyway. Just a few weeks ago, my son got upset. I think it was over Pappy, wasn't it? My son is still trying to figure out the process in losing his Pappy. And the other night, he, he got real upset. We were coming back from uh, somewhere. I don't even know where we were coming from. We were in the car, and just out of nowhere, he gets upset about Pappy. And I'm trying to be the dad that holds it all together for my son, right? Because it's what I'm supposed to do. 
And I'm trying to talk him through it. Son, it's all right. It's okay. And he's back there crying and weeping and he misses Pappy. And I said, you know, I miss Pappy too. And it's okay to be upset. And I'm trying to explain it all to him. And then when we get home, a little bit later, he's still crying. But he finally comes to me and he says, I think I'm better now that I cried it out. And sometimes a good cry is just good. Amen? But boy, the day when there's going to be no more crying. The day that the tears will no longer fall because we'll be sitting at the feet of the Master. And if He allows us to cry, which it says no more crying, but if He does, it's going to be tears of rejoicing and praising to our Savior. The days of those tears that come with the sorrow... And usually the sorrow comes with the death and the things around us. It's going to be no more. No more. No more death. Man, I can't wait. And we should be excited and we should rejoice. And then look what else it says. For neither shall there be any more pain. I heard one ask prayer request just a moment ago. One can't walk without a walker. My stepmom has an appointment uh, Tuesday. All of a sudden, after my dad passed, my stepmom, her, she just she fell at a church. She flew in. We had a celebration for my dad, and she just fell over. She didn't pass out. She didn't get sick or nothing. She just fell over. And we found out that her nerves are detaching from her spinal cord down low. And she's young too. She's she's sixty one or sixty two. I think she's sixty two. And she's in pain. Man, the day where there's no more pain. The day when pretty much everybody in here, we wake up out of bed and we're not going to hurt and it's not going to be a chore to get up and to get the coffee pot going and to get your clothes on. What a day that's going to be. But that's not exactly how God's directed me with this message. We should rejoice. We should be excited But there's coming a day when the no mores are going to be the no mores. You're not going to worry about death anymore. You're not going to worry about sorrow. You're not going to cry. You're not going to be in pain. For the former things are passed away. But I'm afraid that many Christians, and I've been guilty of it myself, I've punched my ticket, I've got on the bus, and boy, I'm just waiting for the no mores. I'm just waiting for the no mores. I'm waiting for the no more death and the no more sorrows and no more crying and the no more pains. And I'm just sitting here waiting for it to come. God, where are you at? I'm waiting for you to get here. Come on, Lord, where are you at? You know what this means when there's no mores? Do you realize that there's coming a day, church, where there will be no more death? That means the decision for the lost will have no more decision time. The time for that lost loved one or that lost friend or that lost one in the community that God has been pricking at your heart to go talk to, to witness to, that time will be up because there will be no more death. That decision time for that lost sinner will be over. And you say, well, what does that have to do with me? Boy, I'm so guilty of the times where God is... Brought somebody by my way. And he's tugged on me. And he said, you need to go talk to that one. And I said, oh Lord, I'm not in the mood today. I'm just being real with you, church. 
Lord, I, I don't know. I don't really know that person. And I'm going to stand before a holy God one day. And I'm going to have to give an account to the blood that's going to be on my hands. Because the Bible says that when I've got the goods and when you've got the goods, and I'm paraphrasing because I'm an illiterate redneck, I can't quote it like some of these can. When you've got the goods and you don't share it with somebody else, that blood's on your hands. And oh Lord, there's coming a day where there's no more death, but there's coming a day when that trumpet sounds that your opportunity to do what God wanted you to do, it's over. It's up. It's going to be too late for you to run out there and say, Oh God, I know you wanted me to witness to miss so-and-so down the road. Let me go do that real quick. No, son, you should have done that a long time ago. No more dying. No more death. You realize here, church, that there's not going to be any more sorrow. What does that mean? Can I, I, I'm going to ask some people to be real. I, I'm not going to ask you to come up. But is there a couple, is there a young couple, older couple, is there a couple in here who you would just be honest? And you would say that, boy, that there's been times where you have sat and your pastor has helped you and just cried through some things with you. You've, anybody say, I've just sat and I've cried with my pastor and he's helped me. Anybody, your pastor helped you before? I see some hands. There's coming a time, Brother Bradley, you ain't going to be able to cry with these anymore. There's coming a time that when your brothers and your sisters around you are the people that's hurting, you're not going to be able to bear their burdens with them anymore because that time is over. The ones who need you and they need your help and they need your encouragement. And if we sit here and we punch our ticket and we ride our bus on into heaven and we don't do anything to help somebody else, we'll stand and give an account for that. There's coming a day where you will not be able to have the privilege, the privilege to go and to hurt when somebody else is hurting. I can tell you, church, that in my times of hurt... It's not been usually, usually, it's not been my family who's been there to hurt with me. It's been my brothers and sisters in Christ who have been there to hurt with me. And I pray that God will allow me to hurt with others while I have the time. Because the last thing I want to do is stand before God and Him and say, Son, I I hurt with you all through your life. Everything you went through, I stood right there with you in the middle of all of your hurt. And somebody needed you, but you were too good and you were just hanging on to the no mores to go and to be with that person. And I get it. We'll throw all kind of excuses. I don't like, just be honest, I don't like going to the hospital. I don't like going to the funeral homes. I don't like sitting all the time with people who have are broken and shattered their lives are in pieces. It's not something that you like because it makes you feel uncomfortable. Amen. But God gives us the privilege and opportunity to go to people and to be his hands and his feet and to love on them. 
And we can sit here and we can rejoice that, oh, there's not going to be any more hurt. And you're right. But what about the ones that are hurting now who need a godly figure to come into their life and to step in and to say, here, I love you. God loves you. How can I help you? Because I promise you there's people who are hurting and broken. And they're begging, and I mean begging, for somebody to come by their way. But they're too prideful to ask. And if you've been saved any amount of time, you know what I mean when you walk by that individual and God says, hey, just love on them. Just love them. Well, they don't look like I do. Have you looked in the mirror? They don't dress the way that I dress. They don't smell the way that I smell. They don't talk the way that I talk. You remember where you was at when Jesus came by your way? You didn't look like Him either. Didn't smell like Him, and I guarantee you, you didn't talk like Him. In church, there's coming a glorious day where there will be no more sorrow. But there's also coming a day where we won't be able to fulfill the call that God has put on our life as Christians to go and to love on hurting people. No more crying. That's a difficult one, amen? Some people I know just don't cry. I know, so I've got some friends that I don't know. I don't know if you could go inside of them and pull a tear out. I don't know. I'm a crybaby. God called me into ministry 16 years ago, and that's all I want to do is cry. I think most time because I know that I've messed up and it's all my fault. But no more crying. Did you know that when I think about crying, you know, for a lot of people, crying is a very embarrassing thing. There's so many people, and Brother Bradley, I think that any of you preachers in here, you've, you've preached much when you look out into a congregation. Many times you can see the ones who are just fighting back. God is squeezing their heart so hard that the juices are wanting to flow out of their eyes and they're doing all they can to fight it back because it just makes them feel uncomfortable. But just like my youngin said, well, sometimes you just feel a lot better when you can just cry it out. And I'm thankful that when I read this, there's coming a day where we're not going to have to worry about that anymore. But until that day comes, until that day comes, I guarantee you there's somebody that needs you to come along and they can just lay their head on your shoulder and they can just make a big sloppy mess right on your shoulder. In church, when we think about that, we think about this crying, I, I tell you, it's something that we should look at and be honored and to realize it's a privilege that God has allowed us to go and it says to rejoice with the ones that rejoice and weep with the ones that are weeping. You realize that He didn't just call just any old body to do that. He called His, his, his children. His children to go and to be there and to cry with people who are hurting. And you say, well, how do I just cry when they're crying? You get right with God, and I guarantee if your brother and sister's hurting and crying, I guarantee you won't be able to help it. No more death and no more sorrow, no more tears and no more pain. 
That pain there, we, all, we generally relate it to the physical pain, but you realize there too that there's so much spiritual and emotional pain that comes with our everyday living. I mean, yeah, we hurt. Our bodies hurt. I'm 38 years old. I played basketball, wrecked a lot of dirt bikes, split my small intestine in half over here where the new highway connected. Wolf Laurel thought I could jump all four lanes, landed three lanes short. Didn't work out real good. I hurt. I've had knee surgery, finger surgeries, broke nose, I don't know, three times. I mean, I hurt. But it's so much deeper than that, that word pain, that that word pain, when you, when you look at that word and you search it out, I mean, it's talking about this, this deep, agonizing, spiritual anguish, this emotional pain. And as much as we don't like to go through that kind of pain, have you ever just stopped and thought about the person sitting next to you? Do you think yeah. they like it? And God has put us here for a purpose to bear you one another's burdens. God says, I want you to go along with that person that's hurting so bad. And I want you to grab a big old bucket full of their pain and carry it with them. Help them to get rid of it. And sometimes if you think about all these things, when you have the pain and you have the crying, you have the sorrow, you have the death, all of those things are generally related together. And God says, they may be just what you may be just what they need to come along and to help them to stop. And if they're not saved, get saved. Or maybe they can finally rejoice that there's going to be no more death and no more sorrow and no more crying and no more pain. And they may be stuck in this muck and this mire until somebody comes by their way and realizes that one day they're not going to have that opportunity anymore. So church, we've got some decisions to make. And I promise you, I'm preaching to me. When Brother Bradley asked me to come when he was at our church several weeks ago, God started dealing with me about this message. And Brother Bradley had to uh, cancel service one night because all of you got sick. Y'all been out licking doorknobs or something as a church group and everybody got sick. And I tried to preach the message somewhere else. It's like, God, I I don't preach this message. And he said, no. But he's still been dealing with me about this message the whole time. I'm preaching to me because so often I'm stagnant, I'm cold, I'm comfortable, I'm in my bubble because I like my bubble. When there's people all around me, they're not rejoicing about no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, and no more pain. They're not rejoicing about that. They're so broken and hurting and sorrowful and painful and death has got them or they're lost, which means they're dying because if you're not living, you're dying. Can I get an amen? And I've been so convicted. And the thought that God kept dealing with me is, what if the no mores was in 2024? I believe it could. I believe believe the trumpet could sound at this very second. I believe it deep in my heart. And I know people say, well, Paul was looking for him to come then. Yeah, well, look how long ago that was. we got to be getting closer. I believe he could come at any second. I believe when we look at the prophetic timetable, I don't believe there's anything else that's laying out there that would hold him back from coming. So what if, what if the no mores happened in 2024? Now, if you're saved tonight, I know we'll be rejoicing when there's no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. 
But if God allows us to tarry any time, what are we going to do with that? Are we going to just sit here and keep all this rejoicing about that to ourselves? Or are we going to take it to the people who need it, who are broken, who are hurting? And we're going to take it to them and be there with them and carry that load and bring them up and lift them up to a place where they too can shout and rejoice. The no mores. We're too comfortable, church. Us Christians, and I say us because I'm too comfortable. Us Christians, we are so okay with how everything is. And we stand up and we say, well, this world is in a mess and the Bible just says that it's going to wax worse and worse, Brother Bradley. So I'm just going to hang out until, until the end comes. If you have air in your lungs, God is not done with you yet. If He was done with you, you would not be here. And when He's done with you, He will take you out of here. And I pray that you're saved and you're on your way to an eternal glory shout with Him in heaven. And if you're not, tonight's the night for you to accept Him as your Savior and Lord. But I've heard all the excuses in the 16 years we've been in ministry. I'm too old. No, you're not. I'm, I, I'm in too much pain. I can't do this. I can't do that. Some of the most powerful prayer warriors that I've ever seen in our ministry are the ones who physically can't hardly do anything. Well, I'm too young or I'm too busy or I, I, my life is too much of a mess. Yeah, we're all a hot mess, church. We're all a mess. We can just make it look real good on the outside, but you start peeling away layers and we're all a mess. We've got a lot of work to do. I'm going to close with this right here. I want to look down here at this last verse. Boy, I appreciate that water. I'm dry as a cotton swab. Verse number 8, look at this. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I read that, and I've heard many who I believe. Let me just say this. There's a lot of men out there today who will twist Scripture and make it mold to what they want it to say. And there's going to be so many people who bust the doors of hell wide open. But my Bible says, But whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What if in 2024 that Christians, we decided to get our head out of our back section and we take a stand and we care for one another. Just imagine possibly how many fewer, fewer are going to hit that lake of fire. I can promise you if we do this and you wait your turn, You're not going to make a difference. But what if we get up and we decide that instead of sitting and waiting on the no mores, that our hearts are going to be broken for the no mores. And we get up and we go into our community, we go into our family, we go into our jobs, we go into our schools, and we truly care about souls who are walking around. Just imagine the difference that we could make. I promise you, church, everybody tries to say, oh, we're... 
we're the minorities anymore. We're the minorities because we don't want to get up and do anything. But if the people who truly believe and they've got the goods would get up and go out and do something, we could flip this world upside down. And you say, well, it's just too bad. No, it ain't too bad. You're still here. I'm still here. We've still got a job to do. Father God, we come to you tonight. Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to preach. I thank you for your word. God, I don't know exactly who all you're speaking to tonight, God, but I know it was me. And God, I know that I need to do more. I know that I need to be more as our pastor's been preaching about 2024, God. And I pray that you'll give me a burden, Lord God, for people like I once had. And help me not to be fleshly and prideful and get in the way, but for for me to put others before myself and for me not to be complacent and comfortable and just sit here and wait on you, God, but for me to do all I can to make a difference until you come. God, I pray that you'll be with this church, be with this pastor, and Lord, just be with the rest of this service, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, Pastor.